Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about kids and body image, uh, when your child perhaps calls you fat, or even worse, someone asks you if you're pregnant, but you're not. But first, (laughs) what's new, Gina? I haven't talked to you in a long time. Yeah, it has been quite a while and a lot has happened. For starters, we made the um, very, very difficult decision to pull Paige out of her uh, public school and to keep her in, I guess, private kindergarten. So just a recap for those of you who don't know or don't remember, Paige is an August birthday. So we did hold her back a year. We actually had her in kindergarten last year in a private school, a private kindergarten, knowing that we would then repeat it in our public school system. So she would do it again. And the reason I did that for was two reasons. One, she's got an August birthday. So I would rather her be the oldest versus the youngest kid. And then second, our public school system has a half day kindergarten, which is changing in a couple of years. So by the time Cameron gets there, it will not be a half day. It'll be a full day. But I never really liked that. I think she needs a full day of kindergarten. So I wanted her to get just two experiences. So that worked out really well in our favor because now with the the private schools in our um, district being, I'm sorry, the public schools, if I said private, the public schools in our district being all virtual and she really needing more help with her social interactions, I pulled her from the private school again. Or I'm sorry, I keep saying private public. I pulled her from the public school system and put her back into the private school. So she'll be doing the same basically curriculum in kindergarten as she did last year, but she will have a different teacher. So different teacher, different kids in her class, obviously, because everyone who was in her class last year has gone on to first grade. Uh, and hopefully, knock on wood, she will have more more girls this year because I don't know if anyone remembers, but last year I, I talked about this on the podcast. She was one of nine. So it's a really small class, one of nine kids and only one other girl in the whole class hmm. who came at 12 o'clock because she went to another school for half day. So she was filled basically surrounded by boys all day, which, you know, is I guess fine, but I want her to experience some females. <laughs> uh, so I'm really hoping she's got some girls in her class this year. So that was a hard decision, but I'm glad it's over with. She will be going. Obviously, it's not virtual. That's why I put her there. So it will not be. It won't be virtual. It will be in school. Cameron will be in school as well in the classroom. He'll be with seven other kids, and then Paige will be with eight other kids. Hmm. So smaller classrooms, and Paige has to wear a mask. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. I kind of wish they would make Cameron wear a mask too in his age group. I know they say that at the age of three slash four in preschool, they're too young and they won't keep it on. I feel like Cameron would keep it on because he's so used to it at this point. But so it, it I mean, he always feel could, better. right? And just. Well, he could, but it's not going to protect him. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. He could to protect others, I guess. But I mean, if no one else is wearing it, he won't keep it on. But if everyone else had one on, mm-hmm. I think that he would be much more likely. And also to protect the, the teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's a whole nother, whole nother story. So a lot more to come on that. I'm sure we'll hear. There'll be lots more updates when it comes to schooling. 
we took a little mini day trip to Cincinnati to visit my uncle yesterday. So I was off two days and we, we drove down to Cincinnati. It's only about two hours away. And we crossed the river into Kentucky, into Newport, Kentucky. And we got a hotel right on the river. So we got to kind of walk across the bridge and go from Ohio to Kentucky and, and Kentucky to Ohio. We went to Rhine, oh gosh, Rhinegeist Brewery. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, which I, you know, I, I know in Columbus, we probably have maybe six of their, of their flavors here of, of beer. Um, the one that I tried, which I cannot remember the name. It was probably one of the best beers I've had. It, it rivals it's gonna bug too me. hard. I know. I know exactly which one you're talking about. I I'll, put it on my story and I can't remember what it was. I'll look and, it up. And it, I, I actually wavered between a few and boy, am I glad I chose that one. It was so delicious. Um, so, so, so good. Um, anyway, and that was perfect. There was nobody there. there I felt bad. Literally, we were one of uh, two tables. <laughs> so it was a Monday night to be fair. But, you know, obviously COVID does not help. Well, and if then, it's a place I'm thinking of, it's huge. Huge. Yes. Huge. Huge. Uh, we had, and that's why I wanted to go too, was because I knew there was going to be so much space. So even if, the, if it was relatively crowded, it would be, a, there would be a lot of space in between us and other tables. So I felt really good about that. Um, but yeah, there was nobody there. So it was quite safe and quite tasty. They don't have food. They actually, you can order there, but then you, you, they pick up food from a restaurant nearby and they bring it to you. So that was interesting. I didn't even realize that. Okay, maybe um, but, it's not the same thing I'm thinking at a place I'm thinking okay. of that. Okay, but their beer is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it was so, so good. I mean, I wanted I wanted to do a whole sampler tray, but I decided not to. Um, and then lastly, which we'll talk about on our next episode, is that our, you know, it's pretty much harvest time for a lot of our crop in our in our backyard. And mainly we've planted cucumbers, so pickling cucumbers and tomatoes. And I just cannot, I, I cannot come up with enough recipes for this stuff. It is just, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're going wild. I'm thinking about maybe even making a sauce, but he, he grew the little cherry tomatoes. I've never made sauce with those. I, th- I think you usually make sauce with plum tomatoes, correct? Uh, yeah, but you could do, you could do like a roasted something with um, cherry tomatoes for sure. Possibly. Yes, I guess that's true. But yeah, anyway, we're, we'll talk about that more next um uh, on our next episode. But if anyone has ideas, absolutely. Have you been reading my blog? Because I've been posting a lot. I read it here and there. Okay, check it out. Yeah. Okay. A lot of, of um, cucumber. Of tomato. Oh, cucumber. Okay. Both. Now, the, we have the pickling cucumbers, so they're a little bit different. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's Throwing Bases IPA. Oh, okay. No. Throwing no. Bases. Oh, so good. So good. It was a, a little bit sweet. It had like a, like a fruity flavor almost. But it was, oh my gosh, it was, I can't even describe it. It was just so, so good and refreshing. What about you? What's new? Uh, I'll, I'll wait till, to reveal our cucumber total for the next episode, but it is (laughs) bananas. Uh, so started playing hockey two weeks ago. There is no formal organized hockey, uh, but the rent, you can rent the ice and, um, You know, it's a limited number of people. There's a ton of procedures in place. I'm not going to, I did roll my eyes just now, but it, just because it's so freaking hot when you're, you know, getting all that gear on, I am yes. thankful to be able to play. And Mark was all, Nicole, you're going to not, you're going to get, you know, out of money. And, you know, like people are going to stiff me basically um, and not pay. Like, what do you mean? So it's it's $250 an hour to rent the ice. And okay. so it's not a small sum of money. 
And so I planned it one week, everybody paid. And then he was yeah. like, okay, look, if you want to, and he played, he's, but he's like, if you want to continue doing this, um, you know, I would recommend you get people to commit to like a couple weeks in a row and just, you know, then you're not playing, you know, organizer every week. And I'm like 10, four loud and clear. So I did that and I got all the money again. And I think he's just, I, I can, I lack organization when it comes to podcasting, but man, can I throw together a hockey game? You know, you do not lack <laughs> so, organization. I disagree with that statement. Um, so that's just been a lot of fun. And then I played, so that was a Sunday night two weeks ago. And then I played tennis, like pretty competitive drill tennis outdoors. Uh-huh. Um, they had three tennis pros, 14 people. It was very socially distanced on four courts. They did a great job, tons of running. So that was money. I was so sore come Tuesday. I I mean, those are two things that I have not done since March. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just amazing to me, like how that cross training is, is missed sorely. So that was nice. Um, very randomly we found out, I asked the question, I guess, I guess it could have been all along, but we can wear in my department now black scrubs to work. And I've, I think at least three or four of my like career jobs, I've been able to wear scrubs. Yeah. Um, and I just miss it. So I'm thrilled about scrubs. Okay. And now why? Because you don't, it prevents you from having to think about what you're wearing. Absolutely. I mean, okay. it just makes everything a lot easier and a, a few changes. I mean, obviously we're wearing PPE all day at work. So now in addition to our sexy masks, we have eye protection and we're also <laughs> starting to do um, point of care testing in our, um, in our department. So like when you're poking people and dealing with blood, like it's just kind of weird to be in like heels. I don't know. Not that yeah. it's wrong. Um, but scrubs just feel a bit more right right now. Yeah. I mean, especially since every, you know, early days of COVID, like I was stripping in my garage, you know, just things like that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want, you know, all my shoes in the house. Yeah, You know, I think yeah. people are just a little bit more cautious about stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like going to work in pajamas. So I would say like half the time. It just depends on my schedule for the day. But so that's exciting. And then I didn't add it to um, my my mom wins just because uh, it, it deserves more than just a mom win. You saw the the crustless blueberry pie I posted. Yes. Okay. So I have been vlogging for over 11 years. This thing, this pie went nuts. People, it, it somewhat went viral for like a site my size. And then the number of people that I know who made it was just out of this world. I, I bet I received 20 to 30 different DMs, texts, calls, you name wow. it, about this pie within 48 hours of posting it. Now, is it easy? Is it a simple oh, yeah. recipe? Okay. Super Maybe easy. I'll make it. It's like flour, sugar, blueberries, eggs. Like that's oh. it. Oh my gosh. No yeah. wonder. Okay. Super easy. I just thought it was so funny. So I will link that in the show notes. <laughs> I am definitely going to make that then. I mean, set your expectations right. I mean, it's it's more like a cakey pie kind of thing, but okay. I'm super easy, delicious, just very basic. I mean, there's nothing extraordinary about it other than it's super basic. I don't know. Okay. okay. Worth making, Gina. Worth making. Don't forget I, the sprinkle of so. sugar on top. Somebody was like, oh. oh, I forgot the sprinkle. I've made it twice now. They said, but I forgot the sprinkle of sugar at the end. So <laughs> Make That's sure you key. Get a sprinkle. Yes. Okay. Got it. All right. So before we kind of jump into our topic today, just a quick favor to ask. If you're loving the show, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help more people reach the show. Uh, so just take a moment, hopefully drop us five stars. We'd appreciate it greatly. So 
without further ado, kind of jumping into our topic. And I think we're excited for this one. Is that fair to say? I would agree. Yes. Okay, cool. So just a bit of background on body image and kind of where it all starts. And most research is is pretty consistent in saying that the desire for thinness begins around six years of age in children. And, you know, Paige and Shay are right there. Um, Paige has a birthday. Did she already turn six? No, she's turning six the 17th. Okay. So that's by the time this comes out, she'll be six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and Shay shortly thereafter in October. So, but between TV, books, other media, children quickly become normalized to average size bodies or even thinner bodies mm-hmm. um, versus bodies of larger size. And in many cases, uh, like, you know, unrealistic body images. I know you and I have talked about Barbie extensively. Mm -hmm. You know, why (laughs) is Barbie's waist smaller than her neck? I mean, things (laughs) like, you know, we, but it's, I mean, it's very true. Uh, And then by fifth or sixth grade, the notion that fat people are bad or inferior is already ingrained in kids, according to, um, a journal called Obesity Research. So kind of before we hop in, a few general tips for body positivity talk. Um, Before we jump into the tips, I'm sorry, a few questions uh, for you, Gina, that we can kind of chat through here. Uh, Would you, there's been a movement towards first person language in healthcare, such as saying a person living with diabetes versus diabetic or Mm -hmm. saying a person with disability versus disabled person. And the same goes for obesity. So rather than saying someone is obese or fat, someone might say a person with obesity. What are your thoughts around language like that? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with it. It's the same, you know, with autism. You know, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. say an autistic child. You'd say a child with autism. Um, I was thinking about all these other examples. And yeah, I mean, I think in many ways I agree. I don't know, though, I, I don't know that I would ever say a person with obesity, though, because I really do have trouble considering overweightness as a disease or obesity as a disease. So when you're saying a person with obesity, that is saying a person with a disease that is called obesity. It just it just seems weird to me. I much prefer saying kind of what you said previously was something like a person in a larger body or a person in a smaller body. Um, I know I, I you know I do know that there are good reasons that uh, you know categorizing obesity as a disease as far as health insurance coverage and because it's categorized as a disease, we get a lot more coverage for. Um, you know, things that will help people who have, who are overweight or in larger bodies if they want it. So even like diet, diet, um, uh, dietetic services or dietitian services for someone who's overweight and they want help, you know, losing weight uh, in a safe and healthy way because it's categorized as a disease, there's more coverage for that. Um, but, you know, then there's this interesting thing, and I know this is going to come up in another question that you're going to ask you know, as much as I, as someone in a smaller body would never, I, I don't think I would ever say as someone with obesity, I'd probably say as someone in a, someone in a larger body, I've noticed. And again, what you're going to bring up soon here is that some people like in other podcasts that I listen to and like what you just said are actually kind of going back to using just the word fat, which I won't get into now, but I, mm-hmm. that's just something that I thought of when I, when I read this question on, on these, on these notes that we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, Again, so kind of going back to what what your question was, I don't like person with obesity. Um, I prefer just saying a person in a larger body. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think of personally, I think of fat, the words fat and obese as being synonymous, um, but fully support the first person language because I think it really takes away some of that personal hardship and responsibility that can be felt by those living in a larger body or one somebody with autism or, you know, a disability. Yeah. The list goes on. I mean, that's and I guess that's where I almost can lump. Ob- I can justify obesity being lumped in there together because like I use myself as an example, I often feel like I'm undeserving of my larger body. Um, So I think sometimes, I I guess I I appreciate that kind of personal responsibility somewhat being taken away. Um, I don't know, in in some instances. Um, Yeah, so. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. And it's funny you say that about like, you know, obesity being, a you know, a medical diagnosed disease or whatever, and the coverage being better. The coverage is just, it's just healthcare, man. It's, it's so messed up. The coverage is like nothing for for medical nutrition therapy. It's just sad. You have to, it's not until you're 65 at this point that Medicare even cares if you're obese. It's, um, it's ridiculous. Okay. Anyway, so words matter. One research study showed the effect of a fictional woman who described herself in a personal ad using either were what the researchers researchers labeled as positive, um, like full figured, negative, fat or obese or overweight, or objective terms, something like 197 pounds to describe her weight. Um, so she was rated differently on friendliness, attractiveness, and intelligence based on which terms were used, and was always rated more positively when no weight descriptor was used in the ad. Is there a word or descriptor for obesity that you find most acceptable or find yourself using more most often? Yeah, definitely a person in a larger body. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I, and, and I think it's different, different for me in this conversation because I've never been in a larger body. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and I don't know what people prefer, but I prefer saying, and this is really as of recently, because I will say in the past, as in like maybe two years ago before I, you know, kind of stumbled upon, you know, intuitive eating and the haze movement, which I fully, <clears throat> I believe in. And, uh, you know, I guess probably before I'm trying to think what I used to say before that, mm-hmm. I, I never used to use that kind of um, language person in a larger body. I probably said overweight, mm-hmm. overweight, I think is what I used to say. That person is overweight. Or if I was talking in, in a, in a, you know, a client consultation, we would talk about them being overweight, but now I just really prefer. And I, and I clung on to that larger body person in mm-hmm. a larger body. You're in a larger body. You're in a smaller body. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the right thing or the wrong thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But well, I, as somebody you know, in a larger body, I appreciate it. I appreciate I like it more than fat, certainly, or obese. And I would think so too. And like mm-hmm. I said, you know, I specifically the podcast that I've been listening to is called Dietitians Unplugged. And there are two dietitians who are in larger bodies. And the female dietitian, and actually the the guy as well, seem to always use the word fat. And they were talking, they actually did a whole episode on why they preferred the use of the word fat. I think someone had asked them that, like, why do you use the word fat? I think it was actually someone in a larger body asking the question, like, why do you say that? It offends me. Mm-hmm. And they went on and mm-hmm. on about how more and more people who are in larger bodies are actually preferring the use of the word fat. I don't understand that. I don't know. I would never want to be called, you know, fat if I was in a larger body. At least I don't think I would. Um, but I'm not in a larger body, so I I don't know. And, and and I know it's to each their own. But for me, 
you know, how I like to describe people is either in a larger body, a smaller body, or I would never say any more overweight because I truly don't believe in BMI. So overweight kind of, it goes back to that whole BMI thing, like overweight, according to who, you know, BMI. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't fully agree with BMI. Yeah. So yeah. Person in a larger body. What about you? Yeah, I, I probably aligns with my personality a bit, but I like more ambiguous terms like fluffy. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess if cas- casualness, you know, should be avoided, something more like larger bodied or living in a larger body. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Ooh, and I, but even that, I, I feel like it has some negative connotation. I mean, there's really no right way. It's really whatever makes that person feel okay, and you never know what that's going to be. Yeah, for some people, it's the word fat. For some people, it's you know fluffy or in a larger <laughs> body. You don't you don't know. You 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 kind of have to take that risk, and that's what makes it difficult. Or you just don't say anything to the person, right? You don't have to right. say anything to describe the way they look. I and mean, maybe that's mm-hmm. the answer. Why do we have mm-hmm. to even say anything? about their body. Yeah. Well, we're in agreement that there is this resurgent of the word fat. Um, mm-hmm. So you've expanded on some of your thoughts around that. Anything that you want to add? Just that I really have trouble using it myself. Um, it's honestly been deemed as a negative word since my youth, and I've been socialized not to use it, as I think most of us have. Uh, and then I also know that at this point in time, not everyone appreciates it, just like I said. And so who knows mm-hmm. if I'm going to say something, like, use the word fat in public and someone's going to be completely offended or someone might appreciate it, but I'll never know. I know it's gaining traction, but I'm still not completely okay with using it. Um, you know, maybe in 10 years from now when everyone's using it, I'll bring it back and, and start saying it again. But I, I think overall, I just, I, I fear using the word fat. It just seems so negative to me. Um, but I, I, and I, and I wish I had the reason why there was a whole episode again on that Dietitians Unplugged podcast where they kind of explained w- why there's kind of a resurgence of this word. And maybe did you look, did you see this in your research as to why um, it's kind of coming back? No, no, because, <laughs> I, okay. nothing. Maybe and that's because, what's so crazy. Maybe because we shouldn't be looking at fat negatively. So what's wrong with just saying the word normalizing fat? Normalizing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're exactly normalizing it. So, you know, so I say the word fat and I feel bad, but why do I feel bad? What's wrong with being fat? Maybe that's what it is. Like there, sh- there should be no, it's not a bad word, you know? See, and my immediate reaction, and this is not an attack, Gina, I promise. My immediate reaction is you aren't in a larger body. You've never been in a larger body. So of course fat mm-hmm. is inoffensive to you. Where I, being in a larger body, I hear the word fat and it's like nails on the chalkboard. I feel yeah. attacked or like an attacker. And yeah. I just... I personally find it incredibly offensive and I've just become very attuned to my use of the words and um, word. And I find myself using it to describe inanimate objects. Um, However, Mm -hmm. when it comes to children, that can lead to a lot of confusion. So just, um, you know, a couple examples I thought of. One was one that I experienced with Shay. We were out picking cucumbers and there was a real long skinny one. And Shay said, should we pick this one? He's really long. And I said, let's get up. Let's let him get a little fatter. Yeah. And I just, I noticed it. But I, then I pause and I think, what other way would I girthier? I mean, <laughs> what, what wider, wider, <laughs> let's let that <laughs> diameter grow. I mean, I'm talking to a, a five-year-old. I mean, I'm, but like, I'm trying and maybe a listener can help me create some words that would be age appropriate in in lieu of batter. Um, But something else I would I always like the short fat pumpkins. I think they're the cutest. And I could Uh totally see myself saying something like that, like, oh, let's get a short fat pumpkin. Like, is Mm. is that 
I don't know. And I don't want to be like hypersensitive to it, but I find that I use it more as a descriptor. Yeah. For, for just things, not people. Yeah. But is short an offensive word? I mean, you're also describing it as being short. Right. I mean, it's objective. I mean, it's not objective. It's subjective. Subjective, Subjective information. Yeah. I no, I, no. And yeah, so it's hard. it really is, this is, which is why we're talking about it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So on the topic of kids, a few general guidelines that grownups uh, should kind of just be aware of in discussing body image and size with children. Um, first being to avoid making negative comments about your size or anyone else's, just as you mm-hmm. said, Gina, it doesn't matter, right? Like somebody's size you know, listen to the things that your children say to describe their friends at school or, you know, they're going to use words like, you know, my girls will say, oh, she has that pretty brown skin or she has blue eyes or she and her sister wear the same dress. You know, they're going to use different descriptors. It's not body size. Mm-hmm. Um, avoid making comments about others' food choices, portions or dieting. Um, that one is really that can be problematic. Um, it can be hard. It can be really hard. I'm noticing as we're kind of reintegrating with other families, you know, if their children are drinking soda or something like that, um, it's, you know, Mark and I kind of have this like eye communication thing going on, but like kids just pick up on that stuff. It's really challenging. So wait, what do you, give me a a specific example of what your kids might say about others, food choices, portion or portions. Uh, they get kitty cocktails and we don't, or why okay. can't we have a kitty cocktail or just that type of thing. Okay. And then what do you say? Um, just kind what's of a kitty cocktail, like a Shirley temple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like Sprite with <laughs> cherry juice in it. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, I don't want to like get us off track here, but Mark and I got in like in, into a little tiff over Shirley yeah. temples, kitty cocktails one night when uh-huh. we were out to dinner with friends because their children all got them yeah. and they actually did not have milk. Um, that's really what my girls would preference. And they, um, so we ended up getting them the kitty cocktails and they didn't like them interestingly, uh-huh. but then uh-huh. the next time they asked for them <laughs> and Mark was like, no hard, no. So it's yeah. just difficult. I mean, I don't think a three-year-old needs soda, but right. when we're with older children and they're, ha- you know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. gets tricky when you can keep them in your little bubble. It's, mm-hmm. it's very easy to control those, those external, you know, influences. But yeah. do you have any experience with that? Um, yeah. And see, this is where I think you and I are different. I yeah. just say, no, you don't get it. Like, sorry, <laughs> they, they get, they get kitty cocktails because they're older and that's their choice. You don't I mean, uh-huh. period. <laughs> I guess I don't, I wouldn't have any qualms with saying no. I mean, see, and I guess I, also, I would have assumed you would have said yes, because I think that you're a oh bit no. more um, just, I mean, you, you offer sugar, I would say more often than we do. Not that well, that's okay. bad. Not that that's no. Bad. And actually to, to add to that, I think maybe what would also come out of my mind is, you know, you guys are going to have dessert after this. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have milk with your dinner. I mean, that's just, yeah. Because yeah. basically soda is a dessert. And that, that's what it is. But I wouldn't necessarily say that. I don't know. Yeah, we are getting off topic here. <laughs> it's hard. This stuff is <laughs> it hard. Is, it is. And the external, the factors just grow as children age. So I think we're in that like yeah. very um, sensitive time where it's going to kind of explode on us here, especially if COVID ever goes away. Okay. I would agree. Another yeah. tip. <laughs> Lead a healthy life together. 
regular balanced meals, limited screen time, and family fun activities. Um, That's just good, solid advice always. Uh, Avoid bribing, threatening, or punishing over weight, food, or physical activity. Never Mm -hmm. appropriate. Uh, Present a united front with all caregivers to limit mixed messaging. I think that's huge. Um, Mm -hmm. And you've had issues with your daycare. Oh, what have I had issues with? Uh, limited mixed messages. Hold on, remind me. Wasn't there like a snack thing going on, or like crazy yeah. snacks, or pop tarts, or something? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so you're talking about mixed messages with with regards to food. Okay, yes. Well, I mean, if if Cameron's having pop tarts at school and then yes. he wants pop tarts at home, and he's like, "Why not?" You're like, "Yeah, they make bad food choices." <laughs> you know what? I'm like, how do you ex- <laughs> like? I'm way oversimplifying for. But no, I think my kids know. I mean, we have set ground rules since day one and they don't even argue them anymore because we've put our foot down so many times. And I think that's where my mom, I was always, you know, just so terrible as a child because I knew she was so she would so easily give in, mm-hmm. you know, where I do not give in. Nick does not give in. Generally speaking, Nick is much more soft than I am. <laughs> um, but they've they've asked so many times and we've said no and not given in so many times. If they get something somewhere they don't assume they're going to get it then when they come home. Um, they know when snack time is. They know when, you know, they can ask for a, a sweet treat. They know they know the rules, mm-hmm. generally speaking. I'm sure it's not always going to be that easy, but we've worked hard to get it that way. So yes, there is definitely mixed messages at school with regards to snacks because they get crap sometimes. And that's something <laughs> that I want to talk to the director about actually. Um, but it's funny because they'll come home and they'll even say, it's like, they're. I feel bad. They're, they'll say something like, we had donuts at school today <laughs> and they kind of look at me and I'm like, you know, I would never say, oh, why did you have a donut? And I right. never have. They just know that, you know, I, I'm a, I don't know. I'm really into nutrition and you know, it doesn't necessarily make me happy when they have donuts and then it's followed by a pop tart or that's when they really start. It's like they're repenting. They're we had a donut and then later on for a second snack, we had a pop tart, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. again, I don't ever make them feel bad. And they, you know, I can, they don't really feel bad. They're just letting me know. And they know in their hearts that those are desserts. They're not necessarily the healthiest snacks. They know this, mm-hmm. um, but they still ate it. And I'm glad. And they felt confident in their choice. And that is great. Good for them. And I still gave them a, usually give them a, a dessert at night. So yeah, anyway, uh, it's just funny they, they they're aware. They know these things. They know what, not as good or bad, but just, you know, what are some better choices and what choices that maybe mommy wouldn't have made? There was, um, I have a quick story too. There, somebody had, there was a little group um, and it was somebody's birthday. They had the little mini cupcakes and one of the moms went over and offered them to like three kids, um, three sets of kids, I guess, my two being one of the, one of the sets. And, um, she was like, do you want a mini cupcake? And Shay and Piper were like, um, my mom's coming. We're going to have dinner. And so we probably should. Like they they basically said no. And they were like, the mom was like, no, it's okay. I'll tell your mom it was my decision. And she said, all the other kids were like, give me, give me, give me. And my kids were like, mm, we should. <laughs> oh, so she's like, I told them it's okay. And I told them I would tell you. And I was like, that's very cute. Um, I hope I'm not 
to yeah anyway okay um so at medical appointments with your children um Mm -hmm. if you have any concerns about weight or body or really anything along that same vein that Mm -hmm. should be concerned uh any concerns should be brought up privately with the provider so have the child leave with a you know another adult or or maybe message them um after the fact but or set up a time separately never in front of the child and then focus on health over weight um and that goes for all ages so We want to kind of allow children to grow into their weight as their height increases. Um, That's huge. So experts say that parents, rather than pediatricians, teachers, or coaches, will have to be the ones to positively shape their children's body image. And I love this quote. Children don't automatically pick up how to tie their shoes or brush their teeth. We have to teach them. Um, That's a clinical psychologist from the Children's of Alabama. Children's of Alabama? Yeah, at Children's of Alabama um, in in Birmingham. So, and then she goes on to say, with the difficult things, you can do so in little pieces on an ongoing basis. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's very good. So question, Gina, has um, Paige or Cameron ever referred to you as fat, someone else's fat, or commented on someone's size? And if so, how did you handle it? Mm -hmm. Okay, I think Paige was probably three. And she called me fat, but truthfully, I don't think she even had a clue what that meant. So I wasn't offended by it. I was a little bit um, thrown thrown off because I hadn't ever heard her use that word. But I, I mean, it makes sense. She was three. She was in preschool. That's when they start talking about fat, poop, vagina. I mean, all the words mm-hmm. are coming out of the, my kids' mouths these days. Um, <laughs> And my mom seems to think that it's because of me. I'm like, mom, I do not. When we were on this trip, she was with us and she looks at me every time, you know, Cameron says some potty word. I'm like, he goes to preschool. I'm not sitting around talking about this stuff with them. Trust me. And they also watch TV. I mean, to be truthfully, to be truthful, that's probably where they hear most of it. Um, Well, maybe not. Actually, I'm sure they hear it mostly at preschool. Uh, But I will, this is not, this is not a funny story, but I will tell a story that looking back, I, I just, I remember this so vividly, but just kind of an example of how maybe even in, I think I was probably in first or second grade. I didn't even know then what it meant to be fat or that being fat was a quote unquote bad thing. It's still, and I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing now, but the way I portrayed it in this story, I'm going to tell real quick. Um, it was not good. Uh, let's just say I, I I hurt my babysitter's feelings big time. And I remember this so well. So we watched my babysitter at the time was definitely living in a larger body. And she, we were watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And you know, the little, mm-hmm. um, the Willy Wonka, uh, what are they called? Like the, not gnomes, they're el- not elves. What are they? The, they were, they had a name. Yeah, Hello. I know it. The little, the little Donald Trumps with the orange face and the hair. Okay. <laughs> so, I love it. What are they called? The Wonka, whatever, Wonka people. Okay. So I went up to her and I remember this so vividly. And I said, um, let's just say her name was Sarah. Sarah, you could be one of the little guys in Willy Wonka on the chocolate factory. And I thought, I'm not even kidding. I thought I was giving her a compliment. I was like, I I was waiting for her to be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I could. The next thing she did was she put me in timeout for the rest of the day until my mom and dad came to hit me up. I had to sit on the stairs. I was so confused. Like, what did I do? And I remember, I can remember her whispering to my parents and then they put me in the car to to tell them why I was in trouble. They put me in the car and then put me in another timeout when I got home. I remember this so well. And I was just so confused. And I wish 
I don't remember my parents having a conversation with me about it at the time. I wish they would have. Now, to be fair, I don't remember if they did. So maybe that memory is lost. Uh, but I feel like I would remember that because it's just a, such a prominent part of my of my childhood that I remember so clearly. Um, but I, yeah, I, looking back, I hope that they had a conversation with me. If they did it, I don't remember. But I'm trying to think how I would have handled that if that was Paige or Cameron. I would have not put them in timeout if I was my parents, if I was the, maybe the, the babysitter, maybe I would have, I don't know. I would have had just a really good heart to heart conversation about why that was not the right thing and kind thing to say mm-hmm. anyway. So that's, uh, that, that's really the only, um, experience I have with that. What about you? Yeah. I think the first time Shay mentioned it, um, and I don't remember the context, but she used the word fat and I, I said, Shay, where do, where, what does that mean? And she's like, she was like, I don't know. And I said, well, where mm-hmm. did you hear that? And this is where I died inside a little bit. She said, oh, when those, the, those guys were over my fr- hockey friends, she said, one of the guys said the other guy was fat and he was talking about his big belly. So, you know, these are a bunch of dude bros, like, you know, hanging out or whatever. And maybe they need to be nicer to one and one another. But, um, you know, I do recall like one of them had, had patted one of the other ones on the belly and just said something apparently about being fat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, I am just so, you know, socialized to <laughs> guy humor and and the word and just all of that kind of stuff. Um, but she remembered it. So that was the first time that we really talked about bodies being of bigger size. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have um, commented on on my belly. And it caught me off guard. And I'm not sure. I'm yeah. curious what you think of this. But I said, yeah, I, I just took the opportunity to say, you know, everybody has different sized bellies and different bodies. And, mm-hmm. you know, my belly, it looked different before I had babies in my belly. And then I like tickled them and I would say, do you remember being in my belly? And can you believe you actually fit in my belly. Isn't that crazy? And you came out and now you're so cute and growing and, you know, just kind of like made it into like a big kid thing. Um, But, you know, Shay has definitely pointed out that my my belly is big, certainly. I mean, it's not like massive or anything, but um, it's it's opened up some conversations about that Um, and just time to talk about different sized bodies. How do you what do you think about the whole you were in my belly, you came out like I, I just thought, oh, I talk about that with my kids all the time, not necessarily when it comes to like having conversations about body size, Mm -hmm. but just in general, we talk about that often. Mm -hmm. It comes up quite a bit. I don't know why, um, but my, you know, I remember Paige asked me not too long ago about kind of like how babies were made and all this. And I did not, I mean, I kind of got straight to the point. I mean, I didn't say it quite, you know, all the facts, (laughs) but I was pretty brutally honest with her and, Mm -hmm. and, and, Cameron and Paige talk about how they were in my belly. And we talk about that. Actually, mm-hmm. a lot of times Cameron will say, when I, actually just today before I podcasted, he said, when I was in your belly, I bit you and it hurt. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember you biting my nipples. I don't yeah. remember <laughs> that hurt. Oh my God. Yeah. If, if there's any pictures of um, life before Piper, she'll say, and there's a photo like of the three, of Shay and Mark and I, she'll say, yeah. well, I was still in your belly. And I'm like, yeah. You, technically, yes. we're still in my belly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in one Cameron way or another. Says the same thing. Yes, I'm. We just had a, that conversation too on the way to Cincinnati the other day. I, I forget what we were talking about. It was 
something when I, that we were doing with Paige before Cameron was born and Cameron was like, and I was in your belly. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're in my belly. You are mm-hmm. not forgotten about, buddy. Oh, I love it. So cute. <laughs> that is cute. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think I'm one of those people. I just think like pregnancy is beautiful. It changes a lot of women's bodies. It certainly did mine. And I don't think it's a bad thing for kids to know that. I mean, my kids know that babies are in people's bellies and, yeah, you know, it's part of life. So, yeah, I'm kind of like you. I, I'm going to not scar them, I hope, but I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. So, Gina, have you personally <laughs> ever been asked if you are pregnant when, in fact, you were not? And mm. how did you or how would you respond? Okay. So I have a smaller body. I will say the one part of my body that I've always, you know, just been, you know, I have not had positive thoughts on is my belly. And so I have sort of, I think, I think since the beginning, always worn sort of baggy shirts. That's just my thing. I wear baggy shirts. So this has never actually happened to me where anyone thought I was pregnant um, because I don't, I very rarely wear a tight shirt. So you can, you would never think to ask because it's always, it's not tight. You wouldn't even see a pouch. However, I hate to admit this, but this is a very candid podcast. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. A couple times I have mistakenly asked someone if they were pregnant and it was honestly two of the worst, like, events of my life, which I truthfully, I mean, I've, one of them was this very, very small woman who had a very small body size. And I, she was in, she had been working out with me at uh, where I work out for probably a couple years. I never really talked to her. Um, we just get in and get out. And I just noticed one day, this is so terrible. I don't, I'm looking back. I'm like, I am such a fool. I noticed that she had a little bit of a belly. And then I also, I was, I started reading into it and she, I noticed she wasn't doing any of the sit-ups or the crunches. And I'm like, oh yep, she's pregnant. And I, again, I had seen her like every day for probably not every day, but like every week or every month, at least for a couple years. And I never noticed this before. And, and I, I figured she was younger. She looks young. I never seen her pregnant. And I'm like, and then I noticed she wasn't doing the crunches or anything that had to do with like she was doing the modifications when it came to any type of ab workout. So I was like, okay, for sure she's pregnant. So I said something. Nope, she wasn't pregnant. In fact, she was getting ready to go through menopause. Oh, terrible. Now, that, I will say the one good thing that came out of that was I said to her, I was like, I, first of all, I am so sorry. She said she was having like IBS issues. God, it's so freaking embarrassing. And then, <laughs> and then I said, you know, just, you know, I, I feel terrible for saying that, but let me just tell you, I assumed you were younger than me. So if you're going through menopause, I was like, damn, you look good. And that was a fact. I mean, this girl, I, I still can't believe she's older than me and pro- probably by a good number of years. I mean, I would take her genes any day, but it was terrible. I appreciate yeah. your honesty, Gina. That's yeah. hard to admit. It I is. know. When you asked this question, I was like, Ugh. I hate, I just, but again, I hate her. I, I, yeah, why? I didn't have to tell the story. I didn't, you know, I, I considered not, but I'm, I'm an honest person and, and that's what happened. Yep. Oh my gosh. What about you? Well, I have, I have been asked shockingly not as many times as I would like think that I would, but the really? first time was so unwarranted. Okay. So I was <laughs> in my first like real nutrition job. I was in undergraduate school or yeah, undergraduate uh, like study still, it was during the summer. I was working as a job, uh, a nutrition aide. Um, 
at Rush University Medical Center, thousand bed hospital, huge. I was wearing a lab coat and this is back in like pre-computers everywhere stage Mm -hmm. even. So I had a clipboard and I was writing on the clipboard and to write on it easier, I was kind of wedging it right, kind of right below my bra line, kind of just to like wedge it in there so I could write, you know, more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So my my hips kind of jutted out a little bit. And apparently I looked pregnant enough that the patient laying in the bed was like, when are you due? And I was like, oh I am how 19. I am 19. I am so ma-. like that. <laughs> first of all, I was way, way smaller than I am now. Yeah. And this was, I was, I just remember I wanted to crawl into a hole and die and I will never, ever forget it. And it, it messes with you. Like it definitely, uh, it does. Uh, I'm okay. Now I'm talking about it. Um, Okay. And it's maybe (laughs) happened only once since then. Um, but yeah, it's because I definitely have, I don't know if you do Gina, but Mm -hmm. after I had the girls and I don't know if it's from like an ab issue, but I have this like tented upper abdominal, like a couple inches below like where my bra, like my bust, like my bra line, but it like Mm -hmm. tense. And anytime I wear anything somewhat fitted, it's like I have this lump almost like it's not big, but it's I wish it weren't there for that. Yeah. I I, I forget what the there's a clinical name for it. It, It's your it's is it basically your ribs that are kind of jutting out a little bit, but it's like between my ribs. But I think is it your ribs pushing it? No. I no, wish. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then I guess I'm not because my ribs definitely come out a little bit and there's a name for that. Like you're not supposed to do a lot of sit-ups and push-ups, especially after having a baby because they're still kind of making their way back to where they were before. Mm. So if you do that, they, they kind of jut out a little bit and I cannot something, a stalsis, peristalsis. I can't even. Think oh, of I have heard of that word. before. So maybe if I start doing those things, it would help. <laughs> You know, I'm not good about core. I hate doing core exercise. Um, but yes, unfortunately, I have been asked if I am pregnant when, in fact, I am not. And it's funny because I remember being pregnant and thinking, when am I going to show? When am I going to show? And being in a larger body, it took me longer to show. I was probably close mm-hmm. to 24-ish weeks before it was like, yep, she's probably pregnant. Yeah. Um, Anyway, and I just remember thinking, I only get four months of people actually asking me if I'm pregnant. Um, Anyway, okay. Have you, Gina, initiated any body image or body size talks with your kids? Oh, absolutely. Like, I I live for this, truthfully. I would say, just like I used to think it was good to be the one to, to quote unquote, not see race. Have you heard people say that? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. see race. Like I talk to my kids about not seeing race. Everyone's the same. We're all the same. There's nothing different about us. I truly think, and by the way, that's not necessarily a good thing to say anymore. Like you should see race. We do see race and we should have that discussion. I think it's just as bad to quote unquote, not see body shape. In other words, you know, we, we do all have different body shapes and to not talk about it, I think makes it, um, you know, more pervasive in, in so many ways. If we're not having that conversation with our kids then they're going to wonder why, and they're going to, and they're going to come up with their own thoughts and, um, you know, ideas about and words for different sized bodies. Right. So we need to initiate those positive conversations. Uh, you know, I found myself sitting with my kids while they watch shows, especially like Barbie, which I swore my kids would never watch. <laughs> but here we are. 
Um, but I really do talk to them about how women don't really look like that and how our society as a whole doesn't look like that. When you look mm-hmm. at the screen, I mean, I would say 99% of the people on the screen are in very, very small bodies. They're abnormally small, not even like normal small. And they all are white skinned. There's one black character and he's like this actually in a larger body, complete nerd. So they didn't even like make this anyway. Yeah. The one black character and all of them have also stick straight hair, which also bothers me as a curly haired woman. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely we have a lot of conversations about it. And, and you know, I also, I will say we live in a suburb of Columbus where there aren't that many overweight people here. Here I say overweight. There aren't many people in larger bodies. There's most people are in smaller bodies and it goes back to the whole race conversation. I, they don't know. They don't really see a lot of different size bodies in their life. They really don't Now some of their family members. They might see it, but you know, in day-to-day life, you know, they just, they, they actually don't see it very often. So, which is why I think it's even more important to have the conversation to get them out and to, and to talk about it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I think we're really starting those conversations about just the differences between people, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, why do they wear glasses? Why do they have whatever it is? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, race, uh, weight. But I am letting them take a bit of the lead with weight and then just expanding on that. So um, if it's some, if it's, I don't want it. I want it to feel organic, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I yeah. feel like they're young enough that I can let it be organic at this stage. But that said, I am jumping on every chance that I get. I think, you know, I do I live for it like you? Probably <laughs> not. Um and, and I think it the conversations have to happen. But I think at this stage, because we do still have so much control over them because of their age and just kind of what they're doing, who they're with, what they're eating, all of those things, um, it's it's just easier to kind of walk the walk right now. And, and probably most important that they're kind of living and breathing and seeing their parents and their caregivers kind of living a, a consistently healthy life that, you yeah. know, and using healthy language and just you know, all the things that we've already talked about that is probably most um, formative at this point. But yeah, I'm not shying away from those conversations at all. And I think really, I don't know what you would say, Gina, but I would say really like five and a half for Shay is like where that started. Mm -hmm. I don't remember much mention from her on anything like related to body size before that time. What about you? Mm -hmm. But honestly, I bring up the conversation always. Mm -hmm. I've never once heard Paige she doesn't ask about it. She doesn't talk about it. Mm, okay. I, except for that one time when she said I was fat. That mm-hmm. was, I, I, there's probably been other times. But that's the, I don't really recall any other time where she's really even talked about body or body mm-hmm. size, which is kind of, I think why I live for it because I want her to talk about it and I want her to notice it and I want her to see the differences and how we're all different. I think also going back to my childhood, which we've talked about in previous episodes, you know, I had a mom who loved her dearly, was obsessed with, you know, weighing herself on the scale, obsessed Mm -hmm. with trying to lose the, you know, elusive 10 pounds. Um, She still talks about it to this day (laughs) and was always 
um, concerned about the way she looked in her outfits. So something that we even do, and this is going to sound like way TMI, but I'm going to go ahead and say it in, in my household is that <laughs> I'm, I'm around my kids naked quite often mm-hmm. and I'll like wiggle my butt. We had this thing where they'll wiggle my butt. <laughs> And I know that's way too TMI, but hey, that's what we do. Because I want them to know that even like in places on my body where I have excess, you know, fat, like I love it and I, and I embrace it and I want them to see that. And I never want them to see any other side of me. I yeah. never want them to hear me say, I'm trying to reduce the fat on my butt or my belly. I, right. Never. So like, I'll even like, we'll joke about the rolls on my belly. I've got more rolls in a bakery. I mean, I just... I, do, I want them to know that I embrace and love my body and that mm-hmm. therefore I want them to do the same with theirs. Yeah. So yes, that, maybe that's why I say I live for it because I'm trying to do the opposite of what my mom did with me. And, you know, she had no idea how detrimental it was. And if she did, she wouldn't have done it. I know that, but yeah. And that may be a difference between you and I too, is I too am naked around my children all the time and mm-hmm. being in a larger body, they're very like used to seeing that. Like, so to me, like they're just much more familiar with seeing larger bodies up yeah. close and personal yeah, <laughs> on a very regular be. basis. So maybe I guess I, I feel like they're getting very, um, they're they're getting a season uh, to to all bodies, I guess. Um, whereas, yeah, if, if Mark and I were both in, you know, average or normal weight bodies, that wouldn't be the case. And um, anyway, that's interesting. Um, good good discussion. Okay, last question here. Okay. Do you have any experience with parents seeking weight loss? So it could be like your friends or whoever neighbors uh, for their children seeking weight loss for their children. And if so, what has your response been? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really don't kind of like what I was saying, I where just where I live and where I work. I don't, I don't have, I have not really met with many people who are trying to um, help their kids lose weight, but I do have experience working with moms who overanalyze every single thing they eat. So kind of on the opposite spectrum, uh, which again, I've seen in my own personal life, as I just said, and professional life a couple times. Uh, and I know so much and I've seen it that this gets picked up typically by the daughter um, if I had a client come to me wanting weight loss for their child, I would be happy to work with them, but I would start by taking the focus off the weight and more onto lifestyle factors, you know, habits overall, and really looking at the whole family dynamic. For example, how much weight talk is there, how much weight shaming and things like that, rather than focusing on the number on the scale. What about you? So my experience has been that often parents will view the child's kind of weight status as the child's issue, the child's battle, and not really approaching it from a family um, to, you know, just a family approach as a unit. So mm-hmm. I always start there, kind of the whole family, um, you know, committing to a healthier lifestyle, uh, one, because it's the best choice for all involved, and two, it doesn't create any confusion around weight being the end-all be-all marker of health. It, it's really leading by example. Plus, um, it's going to increase adherence, uh, all of that stuff. So I also yeah. find myself reminding parents, and I mentioned it earlier, uh, but that weight loss is rare. It's like never about weight loss. It's about slowing weight gain so that children can grow into um, their bodies because they're going to continue to to grow in height, of course. Um, so it's really slowing slowing the weight gain. And yeah, uh, so really weight loss in those elementary years or earlier is just, it's just really not appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, I think some parents, um, I, I do have a couple of friends that have, um, you know, children kind of in the later elementary years that are living in larger bodies. And I have been asked that question a couple of times recently. So um, just some good information there. 
So awesome. Good discussion. Uh, all right, Gina. Mom <laughs> win. Favorite new product or recipe? Yeah. So I, for the first time ever, made pasta carbonara. Have you ever made that? Yes. <laughs> I'm Only sure you once, have. but it was so good. Okay. So if you, so carbonara, if you look it up in Italian, it's egg, hard cheese, and cured pork. So something like... um bacon, for example. And my boss gave me this really simple recipe and it included corn and red pepper and of course, zucchini. So I could use a bunch of, you know, in season local produce, some of which was from our garden and it was delicious. Also, I've been really into margaritas lately. When my sister-in-law came to visit a couple of weeks ago from Charlotte, she, she brought, she brought a margarita mix that was beyond the good stuff. It was just a delicious, all-inclusive, included tequila. So it was all the, you know, the lime juice, the whatever else they add to it. And then I think maybe agave and then tequila. And then she also bought a whole nother thing of tequila to top it off with. And oh my gosh, it was just so good. And of course she bought the, she does it right. She also bought the salt that you dip in, you know, your, your rim in. And it was just so good. So I've been drinking lots of margaritas lately. And then have your kids... We had Mexican. Okay. So no, not Mexican. We had Chinese food. Actually the same night we had margaritas. We had <laughs> uh, Chinese food, just so random. It was a fusion meal. And uh, my, Nick always insists that we order dumplings. Do you guys get dumplings with your Chinese food? Okay. We don't have good Chinese food around here. So we really oh. like pot stickers. They, yeah. So wait, pot sticker, pot sticker. Yeah, I guess that would be. Is that what it is? I feel like a, isn't it a pot sticker, like a deep fried, almost like a spring roll? Uh, when I make pot stickers, they're not, they're steamed. Like you start with a little bit of oil in the bottom of the pan, um, like maybe okay. half a tablespoon, and then you just add a bit of water and you steam them. So, so I would put them as dumpling. Okay, so a dumpling is like the, it's almost like a flour tortilla that is enwrapped around almost like a sausage ball oh. or a meatball and oh. then you kind of pinch pinch it together almost like a pie okay uh-huh and then you steam them or maybe possibly you know flash fry them or pan fry them and they're delicious and they come with like some type of a, a really dark sauce it's kind of watery and salty anyway Paige is obsessed and i tried to find frozen a frozen version i bet they have them at, at trader joe's i i went to uh, like a, our local grocery store and they didn't have anything frozen that was similar to dumplings, but she keeps asking for them. But if, so if anyone knows where I can find frozen dumplings, please let me know. I had them in Singapore in week. They're called pork yeah. buns. Yeah. They're kind of like that, but they're pork buns are soft, almost yeah. oh, doughy, okay. like a marshmallow. Yes. That's a little bit different. different. But, okay. But yeah. Same idea. I think a similar filling. Interesting. Yeah, the yeah. filling with that with okay, interesting. Well, my uh -huh. kids love pot stickers. That's interesting. I so somewhat similar. I, I mean, I gotta look same. up pot sticker. You you can't go on with your mom win, and I'm okay. gonna look up pot stickers. So I have two mom wins. So okay. Mark actually picked up Tyson Chicken Plus. Um, it had chickpeas and cauliflower in there, and mm -hmm. we made them in the air fryer. They were so good. Um, <laughs> I was shocked. Like. I honestly did not taste any chickpea or cauliflower and oh. neither did the children. They just gobbled them up, but those were really good. And also we were talking about good beer earlier. Now uh -huh. some crappy oh, beer. Gosh. And yeah. oh my gosh, I feel like my craft beer card should be taken away. Michelob <laughs> Ultra Infusion. Oh, 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 uh, oh. You, Have you tried it? No. So they have a lime and prickly pear cactus flavor. Okay. Uh -huh. Gina, I am telling you, these are so 
good. I mean, you do have a really good palate when it comes to beer. So I do sort of trust you enough to maybe try. Like if I, it, it has nothing to do with the calories. Like for me, alcohol makes me like sleepy. You know, we talked about this before, just like mm-hmm. how alcohol makes us feel. If I want something other than like water at night, it's nice yeah. to be able to, they're 4%. Like it's, I appreciate that it's something other. It's not a ton of calories because I don't want 200 calories every night in beverage. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I think they're just a really nice, they're very summery. Um, I'm sure I'll be okay. off of them by winter, but they're so good. <laughs> I'll have to give them a, a try. Okay. So update, you're right. It is a pot sticker. So a pot sticker is technically a Chinese dumpling. <laughs> So I guess this whole time I have been talking about pot stickers, but they're pork pot stickers. So I think they have vegetable pot stickers and, and pork ones. We get the pork I ones. I know you hate going to Trader Joe's, but you need to go to Trader Joe's and get their pot stickers. Okay, they so good. They are the best. Thank you. This is, Okay, so they do have them. Great. I will, I will go. They're the best. <laughs> I don't hate going. I was there right when they opened and there was already a line, five people outside because ours is so small and, the rest, and there's always a line now. I don't like waiting in line to yeah. get my groceries. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, oh and I mean, you want to serve I, yeah. it with goiza sauce. Okay. Is that is that the dark sauce? Yes. Okay. Trust I'm me, my, gr- my girls can polish off an entire bag on their own. I'm like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> Mark, I'm, I'm sure, not sure what sure. we're going to eat for dinner here, but we'll figure it out. We're not going to go hungry. Okay. okay. Read a review. Oh, that's good. All we're right. getting slap happy. All right. This is from... M-K-K-E-O-G-H. I have no idea how to pronounce that. She says, he says, real life examples are helpful. Thank you, ladies. I love that the episodes are filled with many real life examples and examples about all the tricky parts of intuitive eating and raising intuitive eaters. Very helpful to answer those common questions and challenges. Thanks. Love it. Okay. And once again, our ending was not copied. (laughs) So I'm going to have to go and look at our schedule. And Nicole was in charge of the show. (laughs) No, yeah, that's true. Yes, that's true. All right. So coming up on September 6th, we are going to be doing a garden follow-up again with our lovely green-thumbed husbands. They'll at least be joining us for half of it. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram, and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review, or even if you don't listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right. Until next time, everyone, be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Gina. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.